I have never followed a traditional path. So I'm gonna say that first of all, because I think for a lot of folks and a lot of young people and even people who are my age, you feel like there's a path that you have to take to make a certain amount of money or to acquire a certain type of success. I don't wanna be a doctor, I don't wanna be a lawyer, I don't wanna be in journalism per se, but at the time, I mean, it may exist now, but at the time, if I wanted to be somewhat creative, you literally only had the the school of advertising and journalism, which you had to declare a major when you're a junior. So I applied and I didn't get in. And I was like, what? I'm like president of this, president of that. I had an internship at Ogilvy, like all this stuff. I couldn't believe it. So I just ended up taking SpeechCon. And what that prepared me for now that I realized was outlining presentations for persuasiveness for helping to sell in your idea to organize your thoughts and tell a story and all those things and welcome back to have a map where we talk all things career excited mm -hmm. about this episode as usual we always are talking to some really cool guests so um, love to get into the weeds of things and learn about different people's career path um, and see what directions they took uh, but before we get started, I would like to introduce, actually, this is our new, uh, one of our newest interns, right? And Adejoke, um, say what's up, say hello, introduce yourself real quick. Hello, everyone. My name is Adejoke Donry. Um, I'm a senior at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, which is like 30 minutes away from St. Louis. It's right in Southern Illinois. Um, but yeah, I'm studying public relations and I'm the public relations intern for Dim Events. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and Adejoka just started on Monday. So super shout out to her for just coming on board and making sure that she was ready to go. Excited for that. Um, and today's guest is very interesting, right? I actually experienced one of her experiences before I actually met her. Um, and I took, I think, I was there with my mother and my aunt and my older cousins, so different generations and brought them there and um, really had a great time at Essence Fest. But before we get into it, Bonnie, can you introduce yourself, say what's up to the people? Today we'll be taking directions from you, so. Absolutely. It's so it's so nice to meet you. I'm so glad to be here. Um, my name is Bonnie Smith. I'm the founder and CEO of Studio B Entertainment, shortened Studio B. We produce really great, dope events and experiences. Uh, we focus mostly on women of color. Beautiful, beautiful. And Bonnie, just kind of getting right into it, right? How did you get started doing that, right? Because my first experience with you was Essence Fest, right? But I'm sure it wasn't always Essence Fest, right? It kind of maybe built up to that. But what was your start into this industry? Wow. Okay. So that's a big question because I thought you were going to ask, how did I get into Studio B? But it actually does funnel through or from start, starting into the industry. So um, actually, I went to the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign and uh, always loved music, always loved entertainment, movies, film, etc. cetera. Uh, subscribed to Entertainment Weekly Magazine, uh, started working at Star Course, which was a student-run organization that put on concerts. So once we started to do that and produce the concerts, we would bring A-list level talent to the to campus. And I just fell in love with it. So um, I think it was, I got home from, I studied abroad and I got home and I had, basically everybody was still in school. So I was like, well, I gotta get a job. I, can't, <laughs> I had already finished and I'm like, I gotta get a job. I gotta make money. What am I gonna do? And a friend of mine said, hey, 
there's a new radio station that just um, popped up in Chicago. Cause I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try to get a job at GCI or V103 or just something so I could be around music. And she said, Kiss FM just popped up too. So I said, cool, because I applied to GCI, didn't get that internship. So I applied mm -hmm. to Kiss FM and I got it. And so that was my forte into the music industry in terms of just being around a lot of new talent, um, old talent, new talent, A-list talent, everybody, and just falling in love with how this world works. But more so being a part of a radio station, I never really realized that that was a real job. Like, you know, you just think of on-air folks and personalities, and I saw all the stuff behind it and what it takes to create those different experiences, because there's a lot of events, obviously, that radio stations put on. So from there, it just evolved. Event marketing became really popular with brands and positioning them for more experiential versus just a logo or a promotion. And I just, my career has taken so many different paths and so many different evolutions. I ended up working at Entertainment Weekly, Essence. I ended up working at Essence. So Essence has come full circle from me being wow. an employee to them being one of my first clients when I started Studio B to now then producing over 10 experiences and pop-ups at the 25th anniversary of Essence Festival last year. So it's, it's been a wild ride, but yeah, that's how wow. I got into it. <laughs> So it's a lot. Wow. So, yeah, that's a lot. I didn't even I didn't know all of that, right? So yeah. it's interesting. So you went from on the radio, working with the radio and producing events there, right? And what was your next step after going to going from the radio station, right? Because that was like your first job. Maybe was it was it your dream job or was it just something that you were just trying to kind of get done? Because I feel like that's so important for students. And we always say college students, but also students of life, those who didn't go to college. But mm -hmm. it's always interesting to know, like, you're not always going to get that first dream job, but you're going to maybe utilize that first job to kind of help you start your path and gain some experience. So what was that Absolutely. job like for you? I have a couple things to say about that, because you just hit on some really important topics. So first of all, absolutely, you're 100% correct. Um, I have never followed a traditional path. So I'm gonna say that first of all, cause I think for a lot of folks and a lot of young people and even people who are my age, you feel like there's a path that you have to take to make a certain amount of money or to acquire a certain type of success. I don't wanna be a doctor. I don't wanna be a lawyer. I don't wanna be in journalism per se, but at the time, I mean, it may exist now, but at the time, if I wanted to be somewhat creative, you literally only had the, the School of Advertising and Journalism, which you had to declare a major when you're a junior. So I applied and I didn't get in. And I was like, what? I'm a president of this, president of that. I had an internship at Ogilvy, like all this stuff. I couldn't believe it. So I just ended up taking SpeechCom. And what that prepared me for now that I realized was outlining presentations for persuasiveness for helping to sell in your idea to organize your thoughts and tell a story and all those things so although I didn't get into that school it was the evolution of getting going into speech com which was okay so my path was never traditional I knew that I loved events I loved experiences I loved putting on something producing something where other people were excited and happy right so when I discovered that this was actually a job, there's a whole set of careers <laughs> in the entertainment industry. Um, I asked my boss at the time, I said, I'm graduating and I need a job. So are there any full-time jobs open? 
And that's one of my first lessons that I would say in, to, to anybody watching is, you know, internships, relationships, connections are key. It was getting that experience. And then when I graduated, I ended up having a job waiting for me because of that. Now, the transition into experiential where I am now came because while I was working at the radio station, I also realized, because I was speaking with different people who were on the team and just older folks who had been around longer, who would tell me, it's important to have other things happening in your life to help build your career outside of this one job, because there's mm. more to this world than just the people who you know inside this radio station. You've got to know people. People have to know you. So that's another lesson that I would always say to myself, okay, I'm not going to go here and just be like, hey, do you know me? No, that person's going to know me. So I ended up participating in a nonprofit. It was the Looking Glass Theater Company Junior Board. And I volunteered and I ended up meeting one of my best friends, but I also ended up meeting my future boss. We started having conversations because we produced events that were fundraising events. And she asked me at the time, we have a job opening, would you be interested? And at that time, event marketing was getting very popular and it just, it was an opportunity to grow. And, you know, I had actually at the radio station talked about getting promoted and moving on to um, promotions. So my job, let me take back, was actually in sales. So my internship mm. was in promotions, but the job that was open and available was in sales. So I said, okay, which is also a great opportunity to learn. And you're getting in front of the people that are making the money and who are basically talking to the people who pay the money. So a woman, I'll never forget this, a woman at one of the other radio stations that had a promotions position open, she told me, you're qualified for this job, but I'm not going to hire you because you won't like it. It's not the type of music and events that I know you like to do. My advice mm. to you is to get the experience that you need, but then go and get other experience. And then if you still love this, you can always come back. But if you go and get that other experience, you're going to be able to de demand a higher salary and you're going to expand your network. So you'll become a more valuable candidate. And I was so angry with her at that point, but it ultimately turned out to be the best advice I ever received. Wow. So that yeah. was long winded, but I hope I answered how I transitioned from radio into the world of event marketing at that point. No, that's so interesting, right? Because, you know, going outside of your network or going outside of your current job is so important and people don't talk Absolutely. about that as much, right? Um, I think, and, and for me, I, I did, I, similar idea, right? But I was actually in the insurance industry um, mm -hmm. after college and I learned how to be a consultant, right? I was being a, a benefits consultant and that helped me to develop mm -hmm. the skills to consult um, when I got into that creative industry and understanding that and a lot of my peers who are just maybe more so just creatives who don't understand the like client services side of things helped me mm -hmm. to kind of get a leg up in that space. So going outside of it for me was kind of just like learning about what the creative industry was and figuring that out. So to your point, I think, I think it's such an important thing to try and, and put yourself out there. It can be nerve wracking. Um, it can be a lot of free labor. Um, and, and that's another thing people don't talk about is like, oh, I'm worth all of this money. And I definitely think you have to fight for that. But yeah. at the beginning, you are going to do a lot of free stuff. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. So I'm in a little bit of a different position. Now I'm an employer. So when I started to employ people and I had an internship open, I, my first, one of my first interns was actually my niece. 
And I asked my attorney, I said, I got to pay her. <laughs> so why am I going to pay her? <laughs> what? I work for free. I got concert tickets and everything else. There are definitely benefits and a stipend. But I, I do believe interns need to get paid and should get paid because um, at that time, you know, I didn't come from a background where I could, where I could get away with not working. So mm. I had to figure it out and it was really hard financially. So people should get paid for internships and companies can't afford it. And if I can afford it as a boutique agencies, larger companies can afford it. If you can't as a company afford to pay your interns, then you at least work through with them um, to develop some sort of program or formal learning environment so that they can take that and go get the jobs that they want. Because not everybody can afford to pay their interns, but 100%. there's gotta be some sort of benefit that has a great value so that they can take that value and use it later, which may not be in the form of cash. So I'm all about that too, because that's how I did it. Um, but you gotta make sure there's some value, whether it's cash value or you know amazing value that you're directly making sure you're gonna help them get that job later. Definitely. Was it always your vision to go into marketing and exper experiential marketing? Um, I know you said you didn't wanna be a doctor or anything else mm -hmm. other than that. Was this field always what you wanted to do? So it's an interesting question. Experiential marketing didn't exist. I might be showing my age, but experiential marketing didn't exist when I was in school. It was concert production. So experientials, you know, you're branding everything and it's just different experiences and mixing brands in with it. But what we would know before it existed as an industry was um, talent engagement, programming, concert production, speaking engagements, things like that. A lot of it was more what they call B2B, so business to business. Um, I always wanted to be in entertainment, like hands down. I wanted to say, I created that awesome film. I created that great ad that you see. So just storytelling and, and being a part of creating something that impacts mass people's model, you know, their lives and makes them feel better about themselves was always something I wanted to do. And going to that full circle moment, right? Going from working at Essence to now, you know, producing events for Essence. Where was that transition of like saying, hey, I want to leave my job or whatever, wherever job you were and going into business for yourself? Or was that something that gradually happened as you had a job as well? It was, it was gradual. So there's a few things in that and lessons learned that for myself. And, you know, you're, I'm always learning. You're always learning no matter, no matter what. So the, the progression was that I always wanted to provide value and make sure that that value was equal to the compensation that I was getting because I wanted to build the life that I wanted. Now, I lived in New York City. So living in New York, you feel very poor. <laughs> and my life was very different than a lot of my friends who were back here in Chicago. So, um, you know, it was a little bit different, but I wanted to follow my passion. Didn't always mean following the money. So I chose to follow my passion and be okay. And um, I actually ended up working at Entertainment Weekly Magazine. So mm -hmm. relationships are key. Um, and Entertainment Weekly merged with Essence as the style entertainment group. So that's how I ended mm -hmm. up to get there. Um, and what happened, fast forward some years, I went back into agency life. So started at an agency as well when I moved to New York, um, got further and deeper into that experiential marketing, production, creative execution, et cetera. 
um, moved into entertainment with Essence and Entertainment Weekly, went back to the agency side as more of strategy and business um, managing the relationships. And I just realized to myself as I was starting to formulate my own Studio B, my passion has always been entertainment. My passion has always been about creating these experiences that have these entertainment elements. And I can't do that at this agency. It's too corporate for me. So that is kind of the jumping off point where I knew I needed to start something. And this goes back to relationships and you have to work on them and you have to keep them and you need to put in the work too. You can't wait for people to come to you. So when I was about to start Studio B, I went back to my old managers and my bosses and my colleagues at Essence. And I said, this is what I'm doing. This is why. Here's the services that you can hire me for. I know that these are some of the services that you could use some help with because of X, Y, Z. Can we get on the phone and talk about it? And it ended up working out. And that's wow. how it happened. So I consulted for a little bit and the company just continued to grow. <laughs> wow. How did you build those? Oh, nope, how, did you, how did you build those relationships with the other clientele that you have, like Cover Girl, My Black is Beautiful, and all of these amazing other companies? Yeah. It's, um, I think, you know, it, it's, it's a couple different things, right? But at the heart of it, it just goes back to what I love. And so it was, it, I'm not saying it's easy, but it was natural, right? I love beauty. I love makeup. I love hair, anything to do with hair. I miss, I miss having all of that. <laughs> um, not being an essence meant that I got to go restock and pay for all my own products now, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's just, we are, we have been so blessed with just like real cool clients. And if they see your passion, they're going to give you that respect too. And I respect all of the people who we worked for and with, and part of developing Studio B was making a choice on who we were going to work with and why. So those brands, a mission and what they do and who they do it for aligned with what we wanted to do and who we do it for. So it was a natural connection. And you just start to build relationships. So if somebody says when their birthday is, you, you listen to them, like really listen to them when they're talking about their personal lives because you actually care. So it's not always just business. And you, know, you, work, you have to work at it and pay attention. That's so fascinating, right? Because you really just put, you put yourself out there to get that opportunity, which I think is very brave. And a lot of people might, you know, a lot of people are a little more nervous, right? I remember mm -hmm. kind of going through that. It was a little more timid and trying to figure out, okay, how do I consistently put myself out there, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and my first agency experience, I think, you know, I, I was blessed to get it through posting a bunch of clips on, on Instagram, right? Um, and, and people seeing some of the work that we were doing and, and being confident in that, right? Um, but let's talk a little bit about networking because I'm sure your company has grown even more and more through networking, right? So for you, what did networking look like pre-COVID and then maybe a little bit more like what does it look post-COVID? I don't even know if I can, I can talk about that because it might involve a lot of, a lot of alcohol. Um, <laughs> you know. It's hard times out here. Um, okay, so networking right now. I mean, it's what you're doing. Mo, first of all, like hats off to you. This is so brilliant. This is so amazing what you're doing for, for interns and students and, and even just young professionals, I think is incredible. Um, and I love it. And I, myself and Studio B will be here to support in any which way we can. 
Um, but this is an example of the, the networking afterwards. So let me, I'm trying to think of an example. What networking looks like before COVID for me and somebody who's just starting out is going to be very different. But what I will say is when I was graduating or as an intern, um, go to as many events as you can. You know, if you have a, if you have a job, ask your employer, is there a stipend or could I have a stipend to go to some of these events? Because it's not fair to make them pay for it themselves. You know, not everybody's in the same economic background or socioeconomic background. And so there's networking events all the time, every day, there's speaker engagements. So we would go to those luncheons, et cetera, because you're in person. So post COVID, um, you know, I believe in experiences. I believe in live touch. We see, we hang out, we, we're shared, we're together. So this digital world has been very hard for me. I'm a Gemini. I need to be out like I'm going nuts. <laughs> um, but post COVID networking is somewhat similar. You've got to do the work. So join the Zoom, you know, pay attention to the to things like what you're doing. Um, you know, participate in really great speaking opportunities that you can. And the great thing is most of them are free, but then follow up. If there's somebody who is speaking, who said something that really inspired you, shoot them a note on LinkedIn and let them know that it did. You know, that, that is better than just trying to say, Hey, I want to talk to you, you know, cause again, that's real. That's authentic. Um, other than that, practice safe social distancing. I will still go out and take walks when I can. That could be a form of networking with your mentor or a sponsor or just a friend to help bounce ideas off of. And one thing you mentioned in, in there is a sponsor or a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. um, do you have a mentor? that you kind of learn from and gain some experience? And, and if so, like, what was that relationship like? Sure, so it's, it's interesting answering these questions because I always, I, I, it's two pronged, right? I had to think about it as an employee, but also now as an employer, as a business owner. So as an employee, I did have a mentor and she was incredible. And that's actually how I got my job at Entertainment Weekly. It goes back to relationships. The only job I ever got that was purely just from me reaching out and sending in resumes and whatnot um, was uh, Kiss FM. Other than that, there's always been a connection that has gone out for me and been able to simultaneously give their reference. So my mentor I met in New York, she was a, a mentor of one of my really close friends in New York and we would have breakfast once a month and she would coach me on um, in different challenges that I may have. Uh, you know, you're naive at that point. You're not sure how, how to approach something, what's the right way to say it. You need to be careful because someone may take something the wrong way, even though you don't mean it. Um, but I remember something really key. And it was when I was actually considering moving back to Chicago and taking another position. And it was with a large company versus a small company and the small company was super cool and i love the owner was cool and i was like oh i'm gonna go you know and get to go to all these great parties in new york and that's gonna be great and fun whatever it was great um but she said to me listen you've already been a part of a small organization you need to work now at a large organization because that is going to matter it's going to give you more access and more opportunity to things that you wouldn't get here so you have to diversify your experience and it's going to diversify your network. If you don't like it, 
that's okay. You know, you'll, you'll get your experience. And if you, it's not the right fit, then you're going to leave after two years. That's fine. But right now it's important that you get that on your resume because I promise you it's going to open up a slew of things. And then when we were going through salary negotiations, she was perfect. You know, I'm thinking, oh, I just, I need to make this amount of money. But what she, she reframed it for me. She said, you need to say, this is what I'm asking you for, what I want, because what I bring to the table is in line with this number. And here's why with examples. So I'm going to take the guesswork out of it for them and be very clear on why my value is in line with this dollar amount. So she was incredible. And that was more of a mentor. Sponsorship has, to be honest, has been very difficult for me. It was challenging over the years of my career. Um, and I'll be really honest and transparent. I, I'll say that I don't think I ever received it until, until I, I would say two years before I started Studio B. <laughs> mm. So it took a really long time um, to get it. And it's just, that's what happens sometimes in corporate America. And that's part of the reason I also was like, you know what, it's time to really go off on my own and see if I can make this happen. When you started Studio B, what was your vision for it? Well, so the vision, when I started it, it was actually started as a consulting company because I didn't know where it would, where it would land me. And, and I need, I need to make sure I could pay my bills. So um, the vision, the vision when I started was that I want to get back at entertainment. I want to get back into doing the things that I love. I love beauty. I love entertainment. I love, you know, anything to do with beauty in terms of hair. <laughs> and I want to do something that is very directly connected to women who have, who come from where I come from and who look like me. Um, so, and just marginalized women in general, right? Uh, we talk a lot about intersectionality at Studio B. So that's always in the vision at the core of it. Um, but when I started, it was consulting. And so I was helping other people make money <laughs> and helping them get more business and realize that's not the best um, business plan. So let's do what we do best. And we're gonna get into this brand experience world. And it goes back to your relationships. And I happened to call an old client and I said, hey, once again, <laughs> this is who we are. This is now what we've accomplished. This is what we've evolved to. Can I get on the bid for Essence Festival? You know, you need to ask. So, so that was the vision. Um, the vision has never changed at the core and the heart of who we are, but the way that we express it has changed. That's so important um, to talk about evolution, right? And, and we always talk about that at dim events of like, we're not just a company, we're an organism because we're constantly growing and, and evolving into something, right? So for you, where did that approach come from, right? Because a lot of companies maybe just are kind of stagnant and say, hey, this is what we do and that's it, right? Where did this approach of like evolving constantly come um, into play for you? So Mo, I feel like you should talk about that more just from your own career because I love it. And not that pivot is a bad word, but I don't use it because I just feel like as a human being, like you're just, I'm constantly evolving. And I would say the approach or the thinking for me has always been very personal um, from how I grew up to um, how my mother raised me and through whatever challenges in life that we've had to go through, it, you constantly, 
things will constantly evolve. Nothing will ever stay the same. And so part of having the confidence to say, I'm going to leave my job, I'm going to start Studio B, was saying to myself, it's okay. I know that starting off consulting is not going to be where I end. It's the next step that is the natural evolution of what I do now that will keep me in business, keep me with a good cash flow, and be able to give me some time to figure out what that next step is. Maybe that's a little bit of a pivot, but it's also an evolution. So um, it helped me not to be afraid that if what I'm doing right now doesn't work, it's okay. Because I went into it knowing that it's not gonna be what I think it's gonna be right now. That there's going to be an evolution and whatever path you take, I'm a firm believer that whatever happens, whatever decision you make, that was the, the decision that you ultimately ultimately made. So it, it had to be the right one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's so important. Hope it works. <laughs> yeah, right. You're kind of like, you know what? That's life. And that's life. Nothing's going to be perfect. You know, you, you make know. the best decisions you can. <laughs> yeah, that is so key. Yeah. Just kind of like going and going with the flow sounds so bad. It, and I think it just has a negative cultural connotation with it. But like, that is kind of what I've seen, right? You go with the flow, right? You kind of see what you're interested in. You're like, oh, I don't really like doing this, but maybe I like doing this. Or maybe it's like, hey, can you do this for me? And you're like, yeah, I could do that for you. So like, it's, mm -hmm. it's a dialogue. It's a, it's a, it's a learning process. Um, yeah. It's something that continues to just develop within you. And then as you get better, it develops into your team, right? Into the people that you work with. And then they Absolutely. evolve and they grow. And then as a smaller company, that helps for you to grow as well. So I think that's so important, especially when you have a smaller business to just be open to it and not kind of be yeah. closed-minded. Absolutely. And, you know, I, Valerie Jarrett, she came to speak one time at The Wing. I don't think it's open anymore, but... I adore her and I, I would say read her book. I thought it was incredible. And she said, never take, you know, you can't, life isn't a straight path. She's like, take the roller coaster. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, but you're strategic about it. You're going to be strategic. You know, if I was, there's so many exercises that I do. I have my own whiteboards behind me and papers and post-its and I'll go through a magazine. I'm not a digital person. <laughs> I like hard books and everything. So I'll go through a magazine and I would rip out pages of, um, ads that I liked or that I thought were cool. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to go on to, and they're who owns this company and see if they have any job openings. So there's some, there's some strategy and thinking in it, but it allows you to connect the work that you want to do with your passion so that you can actually be happy and so that you can be successful. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. There's, <laughs> there's, so, <laughs> there's so much to all of this, but you really just got to be yourself and, you know, be confident in yourself to make the right decisions for yourself. Definitely. And one thing that I always think is very interesting is we always talk about this journey of self-care, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think self-care is definitely more present now in making sure you're constantly taking care of yourself. I remember when we first started college, nobody talked about self-care. I wish we had mm -hmm. it back then. Yeah, um, but yeah. for you, someone that's busy, someone that that's a, a business owner. What does self-care look like for you? So um, I wish I could say I was routine. So self-care, my ideal would be that I did everything 
that I talk about in self-care every day. <laughs> but what it currently looks like is taking a morning walk every morning. Um, it, uh, I use Insight Timer. It's a meditation app. I have a low attention span, so I, I try for five minutes <laughs> of gratitude or five minutes of stress or whatever it is. Um, if I can get through five minutes, so I will do that out on my balcony outside. I just, um, being outside is a, is a huge thing for me in terms of self-care and taking a walk. Um, the other thing is not sitting, laying in bed and checking emails or scrolling through Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> so using that time to just have to myself and think or read an article or just walk. Um, so that's, that's self-care for me right now. If, if I had my choice, I'd be a spa once a week, <laughs> but that's not possible. <laughs> How do you stay inspired and what would you say is your biggest inspiration? How do I stay inspired? Um, I read. I, I like to read, like I said, I like to read hard, hard books. I'm not on the, the digital front. Um, you know, my family, really, my family is my biggest inspiration. Um, that's what I do everything for. So um, there's nothing else really outside of that, that at the end of the day, things get me going and I get excited when other people are like, oh, that's a great program. That's a great idea. Like, I love hearing that excitement. But at the end of the day, if I can't come back and do things for my family to help them have a better life and, and you know, us in general, um, then I won't be happy. So my biggest inspiration is, is my family. They keep me going and um, seeing them happy keeps me happy and keeps me working and keeps me positive. <laughs> I love that. And you talked about entertainment from the beginning all through the end. It's like your through line, right? You love entertainment, right? Uh, yeah. And you talked a little bit about concerts. Uh, as we kind of get to the end and close stuff out what is or maybe what have been some songs or artists that you've currently been listening to I had a feeling you were gonna ask me this question <laughs> and I'm a little embarrassed so you would think coming from my background that I would know all the new music but here's the thing when you work in music entertainment you've got artists coming in reps coming in all the time and and they're in the conference room playing their new music and people like, hey, yo, you want to go to this, this new thing? With, that's how I met Melanie Fiona. And I was like, oh, she's real cool. Like, great stuff. Oh, I don't have that life anymore. So I used to be real cool. <laughs> and now <laughs> I, I can't name any new artists. So I just have Pandora on. And um, I listen. <laughs> I'm either listening to the Babyface radio station <laughs> or, um, you know, or like the Nas radio station. So it, mm. it can go, it can go either way. I'm old school. I love R&B. We just, um, there's something that we're doing with some clients and, and the agency teams. And they were like, pick your best love song, pick your best, you know, your best, this jam, your breakup song. And I was like, oh, I got tons of lists here, but it's all from like <laughs> 80s, 90s, stuff like that. So I wish I could tell you what I'm listening to right at this exact moment. It, it's the stations on Pandora. I don't have a song or an artist right this moment. <laughs> I love Let me that. recommend Chloe and Hallie to you. They're great. Mm. Yes, I will say I can't name an actual song, but I first saw them. They were actually with Nike Air Society at BeautyCon two years ago, I think it was. And I, their their voices are are amazing. I love it. So I, it's hard for me to find new music, and and that that is very different for me in terms of life. So yeah, and but thank you Nas, for the recommendation. <laughs> yeah, 
Nas just dropped a, a pretty good project, I will say. It was pretty okay. good. So if you if you have it if you have time, give that a listen, definitely. See, I said I'm not digital, so you gotta go on, on online now to get all the new music. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Pandora should kind of slip that in there. So if you I'm sure if you put it on Nas Radio, they'll they'll slip one of his songs. Okay. There. Thank you. I'm gonna get back to you on that. <laughs> definitely. And what would you say have been maybe one of your your favorite projects that kind of stands out to you um because i know i think we all have one of those we all have a, a project that stood out to you maybe it's the work that you put into it maybe it's just the vision or like your favorite person you got to work for so like what was one of those projects for you so uh currently or past or does it matter it doesn't matter I'll say something actually just launched uh, yesterday, which um, is is so exciting. And so it fulfills kind of everything that we've been working up to. It is called uh, Community, the Cohe Community Cohesion Project, and it's based out in Northwest Arkansas. So um, we have helped develop a, a brand for this nonprofit to drive inclusivity and diversity in this region. And we're working with um, our, our clients at Procter & Gamble and Walmart and Crystal Bridges, which is this beautiful museum full of like culture, rich culture and artists and just a lot of very vivid and colorful um, art. And um, we're working with them to bring this to life, to help people have a voice and to create this environment for all different types of folks who who live there and who want to who want to be there and live there and bring up their families, et cetera. So having the opportunity to more directly impact someone's life and and do something that's just for so such a good cause, um, especially in the world that we live in today, um, has been incredible for for us. And when we found out that we had the opportunity to be awarded the business and partner with them. You know, we got a little teary-eyed. We were like, this is this is awesome. This is we get to be a part of this. And that's what I mean in the business that we're in. You know, you saw our experiences at Essence Festival. It's big and it's glam and it's awesome. And those would be my favorite events too. But it's because the people who are there on the ground, when you talk to them and they look at you and they're like, Oh my God, I love this. This made me feel confident. This made me feel pretty. This made me feel like I can talk to this person or this made me inspired because I want to go after this job or I, I want to express myself and this was really cool. I love this piece of art. You know, I want to give this to my daughter. It's those things that, um, that get us. It's, it's being able to, to make that impact and that change and just make people feel happy and like someone cares about them. So it's a long, long answer, but right now it's this current project that just launched yesterday and um, we're so excited about it. Just has a lot of eyes on it and um, we're going to hope hopefully help a lot of people. Wow. <laughs> Going off Go of that, what do you say, or what would Excuse you want me. for the legacy for Studio B2B? The legacy. So eventually I would like the company to be able to um, make a bigger direct impact from in Chicago. So I would want Studio B's legacy to be able to have the opportunity to fund something that provides education, access and opportunity for the young people who are living here, 
who don't have that right now. Um, kind of have all the odds or cards stacked against them. So if I could help create something like that from where I'm from, that would be the best legacy uh, for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, with a, a lot of your story and, and we've seen and we've learned so much, right, of, you know, going from entertainment, telling stories and like to this impact that you're doing with this, your most recent project, I feel like you've really embodied and, and owned who you are as a person and, and that's showing through the work that you're doing at the company. Um, and here on this podcast, we always like to give everyone a round of applause because we like to give Aww. them their roses uh, while they're oh, here wow. with us and, and doing a great job. So let's give you a round of applause. Oh, I'm giving you a round so of applause. <laughs> this is amazing. I, I think it's it's wonderful. And I love all the artwork you have on, on, on the back behind you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I cannot you know, my girlfriend will be back. I am in New York and at her apartment, so I cannot take any. Oh, it looks for good, this. girl. <laughs> she she did a good job. She did a good job. So yeah, but well, thank, thank you for you so much. Of course, and thank you for joining us because I know you are busy and and you taking the time out of your schedule. We do not take that lightly, so we truly appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you. you. Yeah, no, this is great. It's great to meet you both. Um, I appreciate you having me on. And um, like I said before, we're all supportive. And I think this is great what you're doing. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to Have a Map, whether this is your morning routine, your afternoon thing, or your good night thing. Have a good evening or a good morning or whatever that might be for you. And we are out. Skr, skr.